Scott and Liam versus Evil. Sup, troops? This is episode 50 of Scott and Liam versus <laughs> happening this is episode 50 of scott and liam versus evil a milestone if i do say so myself <laughs> i'm liam and that dick over there is scott uh can't believe we got to 50 episodes i know i know i thought we'd have been arrested by now yeah 50 hours of things that would if they were brought up in court would definitely lead to some jail time it would disappoint my grand <laughs> we're going to go back to the way we were at the start where we pick movies for each other but we're going to cut it down to one film. I think it'll be. I think we'll, we'll get much better chat out of it because we're also going to force each other to watch some pretty shite movies. We're going to get watch Trash on <laughs> at one point. Oh god, my god! That'll be a great episode. <laughs> Maybe episode one hundred <laughs> Trash Humpers, where we actually just watch it. We 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 do a riff track through it and just watch these guys dry hump bins because it's an interesting watch. I just don't understand how that could be a proper movie. But anyway, we'll wait and see if we get there. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of, if not the most iconic horror movie of all time. Yeah. I would say that. Mainly because of the title. Yeah. A lot of folk growing up like it because when a teacher says, what's your favourite movie? And you say, oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They're like, oh, you... Such a bad boy. It sounds badass, yeah. it does. And the poster's great. Leatherface is such a, a creepy character. And the whole um, poster of, uh, what does it say? So who will, uh, who will survive, survive and what will be left of them? The film which you are about to see is an account of the tragedy which befell a group of five youths. In particular, Sally Hardesty and her invalid brother, Franklin. It is all the more tragic in that they were young. But had they lived very, very long lives... They could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. The events of that day were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's from 1974, back in the, the golden days of... The seventies. <laughs> I love the seventies. I love the colours. Then some of the characters in this just are, are happy bullshit, man. See how that whole Saturn's in retrograde pish it can get to fuck. <laughs> so the synopsis from the VHS cover is we go back to the seventies where DVDs and things like that did didn't not exist. exist. Did VHS exist in the seventies? Yeah, we watch on Betamax. What was before that? Did you even watch it? Did not just maybe watch it in the cinema? And then you would never watch it at home? No, I over right enough, I because it was when your TV used to, your remote used to if you didn't have a remote, you had to press the buttons on the television. Oh, Fifty episodes of research is still fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis from the back of the video is whoever you are, whatever you know, nothing in your experience could ever prepare you for the horror of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. On what seemed like a perfect day in August nineteen seventy three Five teenagers went for a drive. They were headed for a nightmare. In a ghoulish house littered with the remains of dead animals waited a family of maniacal killers. They would emerge adorned with bones, skulls and animal skins to turn the peaceful Texas countryside into a human slaughterhouse. Ooh. If I picked that up in the video shop, I'd have a semi. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember it from the video shop. I can't remember when the first time I watched this, to be perfectly honest with you, but 
but it's not like a new watch. Like it's not like you know like it's uh, when we watched it for this. Obviously, I know I've not even you know I've, I've seen it plenty of times, but I can't remember my first watch. It was never banned in our kind of lifetime of teenagers, teenage years and stuff. It was out released by then. I remember it being shown on Channel Four in the year two thousand or two thousand one. And it was the first time it'd ever been shown on British. Oh, really? As late TV. as that, was it? Aye, it was the first time it'd ever been shown like uncut. Uh, or they say uncut. I don't think they have ever shown a cut version of it either. And I remember, like, I, I knew all the hype about it, and I remember turning it on, and it was it just one of the scenes later on where she, the girl jumps out the fridge or pops out the fridge. I remember thinking, nope, nope, fuck this, turn it straight back off. <laughs> a bit like the Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. story where I pissed myself. I was like, nope. Fuck this, not gonna watch it. And it wasn't till maybe like a year later where I kind grew a set of balls and I was like, right, let's fucking do this. And this film's amazing. It's it pretty good. So I mean, good. and it definitely stands like time as well. And even with the upgraded uh, remake, which is a great film in itself, mm-hmm. uh, the original still the, the best. Still, yep, yeah, still holds itself um, next to it, the, the remake. I think it's because it's such a simple story of good versus evil. You've got these kids touring the Texas countryside and because of the, the horrible way they've obviously been brought up, they're, they're evil incarnate and they start trespassing into this so little the, the farmhouse. Kid, the kids are. Yeah. <laughs> they start trespassing into this, this farmhouse, a little idyllic country farmhouse. Where just try to get on with their life. Just get on with their life and they start invading their privacy. They start, like, they knock the front door, they just wander in. And then the family... Fall into their, their, their bone room, you but, know? But the family the like, chicken bones well, to bits. I, I didn't fucking invite you here, so the family have then got to defend their own. Yeah, got and, to the, lash and, out. Their, and their special son, who maybe appears to have quite a low IQ, yeah, just so, defends the property. Well, if, I'm, if I've got a house and I've got an autistic child, I'm not saying Leatherface is autistic or there's anything wrong with autistic <laughs> children, because I think I'm partly autistic. If I've got an autistic child and a group of teens come out of my house... I'm going to take them out of the bone room. I'm going to sledgehammer the fuck out of them because yeah. they've just walked out of my house. Especially in Texas. I, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from. If you're going to shoot, make sure the body's but on the property so and it's legal. So they just kill every trespasser then? So basically they yeah. wait for somebody to come into them and then they massacre them rather than they go... Because they didn't go look for the victims. The no. victims came to them. At the very start, the, the chef, played by, I think it's Jim Sidow, he warns them away. He says, don't go creeping about yeah. old houses. You're, you're going to get hurt. He's like, no, go away. Nope. Do the do the evil little kids listen? No. <laughs> they still go to the house. They still go on about it. They start causing fucking havoc. And I think you can t- totally blame that all on the fucking wheelchair brother, Franklin, Franklin. the dick. He's just causes the hassle to them all. Because if you think about it, he's like, so it's not so bad that he's in a in a wheelchair, right? But he is a dick as a character. He's just a dick, a whiny, whiny dick the whole way through. But when they pick up the hitchhiker, who's clearly mental uh-huh. and weird. And they ask the question, should we pick him up? No, you shouldn't eat. <laughs> Franklin's sitting and he's like saying how, oh, he'll smell like the slaughterhouse. He's just so judgmental of the guy. And then he goes, oh, you up there? Tell me all about it. I'm really interested now. <laughs> and then he gets fucking cut with a knife and greets like a bitch. But they then say that how, so they've got relatives, the, the grandpa of like, there's two, there's brother and sister of, in, the, in the van. Yeah, uh, I think it's Franklin and Sally. Sally, Sally, Sally. Sorry, Sally. And so their grandpa lived round about here. They've got to find his old house, but they also say that he worked in the slaughterhouse too. Yep. So that would make them because there's 
later on in the sequels, there's one where the, where the girl's actually related to Leatherface. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the third one, the new generation or something, or not the next uh, generation. The... Leatherface was part Leather... three. Yeah, so yeah. that's the one where the girl was related to mm-hmm. the family. So it's almost like that they're saying that uh, Sally and Franklin are related, or at least connected in some way, like he's, their grandpa knew the Jameson uh-huh. family. But, well, I don't know if it's ever mentioned that they actually know, knew the family. They just... No, it doesn't. It's, impl- it's implied. It's implied. So you know how you've got the hitchhiker? Uh-huh. Then they're obviously, after this, Toby Hooper made part two. Mm-hmm. And part two has the character Chop Top in it, who is gross and disgusting. He's a hillbilly Vietnam vet or whatever. He's got a um, metal, metal plate, plate that he picks and he eats the picks, bits of. Well, he's supposed to be the brother of the hitchhiker. Did you know that? Is that not in the second one they're carrying a body about and it's meant to be the hitchhiker? It's the hitchhiker's body right. they're carrying yeah. around? Yeah. Well, that... When I kept telling you I've got information that's going to blow your mind, that wasn't it. <laughs> now, I'm looking forward to this. Here it's coming. Um, to, to set you up, Scott has like really hit home that he has a piece of vital information about this movie that I may not know, and he's really built it up. So let's see right. the reveal. So I'm, just, so I'm going to get to here, right? So I want to um, read through my notes in the way that kind of my, my notes run, right? So they, they come up across this gas station that you've just mentioned where the character comes out and tells them um, not to go near the house. Where the, the nice old man yep. warns the little bastards to stay away. And I yep. said, sometimes I wish my job was just to sit outside a remote gas station in the sun until <laughs> somebody comes in. Right. We're uh, Scottish, we would get sunburnt like fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a question about Franklin before we get any further. Uh, his legs don't work, but why does he act like his head, does, his head doesn't work? <laughs> because maybe like being in a wheelchair like, hmm. just sets you after your head. No. Um... <laughs> The um yeah, so the old man warns them away, but there's a gas station that sells barbecue, so they get in they buy some barbecue and they're in the in the van. Uh, I make a point that the hitchhiker's already cut Franklin with Franklin's own knife and she's taking that knife that's covered in blood to cut up the barbecue to then feed to everybody, right? So that's just disgusting as it is. <laughs> but do I think in nineteen seventy four is that before the AIDS? It's just around about the AIDS, is it not? So <laughs> maybe they weren't sure. <laughs> so are we going to talk about the fact that he takes a sausage and smokes it like a cigar? Is that what's in his mouth? Yeah. I genuinely thought it was a cigar and I was like, that looks like a little, a little toy. That and then, like and then you could also say, but it also looks like a dick. It does also look like a dick. Now here's my bit of information. When the guy came out of the barbecue place, I was like, I know that actor. Who is that actor? That actor is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, the dad of that family who technically is either the dad of the family we're watching in Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like an uncle who goes to the chilli cook-off and wins the best meat and it's accidental cannibalism. It's the same characters. Yeah, I know. All right. But like, you know how, you know how like, you know how like, um, Texas, yes, that's so underwhelming, my, my story. But you know how like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a bizarre non-sequel? Do you know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. a completely, di- it's like a fucking, but it's like, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a lot of drugs. Uh-huh. It's like, so, it was like, so, and, it, and this script is getting written as it goes with a lot of plot holes in it I just thought it was cool to notice that that character is the same guy which then suggests that the barbecue they bought is people which suggests that the sausage he's smoking is actually a barbecued dick because that's the whole point of Texas Chains of Massacre 2 the accidental cannibalism because he's feeding the that's in it like he, the chef plays the same character in Texas Chains of Massacre 2 because it is a continuation sequel is the chef later on here when they go to the dinner with the dad and the, the grandpa? He's still... Because I think I fell asleep during he's the no, He's known as the chef. But um, when I seen that, I was like, oh, and it connected for me. I thought it was pretty cool. 
So, but then, but they never does it, it. It doesn't say that the characters at the start of the movie are eating people when they buy that barbecue. No, it doesn't say that. But that's what they are. They, yeah. you, you can you can assume and that that is definitely. But what's they, so hold on. So your so big reveal, is, yep, your yep, reveal of information yep, was yep, that's the same guy. <laughs> that the guy in the first movie was Isn't the same as the, the character <laughs> in the sequel. Yes. Yeah, are you really disappointed? Oh, I can't believe we've waited fifty episodes for you to out-knowledge me and you drop that fucking bomb. <laughs> I thought I was really onto something there. <laughs> That's like, genuinely like saying, oh, George in the Jungle. Uh, did you ever notice that in George in the Jungle 2, George was also George? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, man. <laughs> Where are you asleep for this whole... <laughs> the whole no, thing? no, no. So, I right, so they, they, they get the barbecue and... Like the nosy little evil bastards they are, they go and look about the old family house that they, like, their old grandpa's house, yep. the summer house. And this is when Franklin holds it against them all that he's in a wheelchair because he can't get up the stairs. Yep. Come on, everyone, you, Franklin! It'll be fun, Franklin! <laughs> and he blows raspberries and you're like, what the, the fuck the only, are you doing, The only you person I've ever seen literally blowing a raspberry. I know, more than once. <laughs> and two of them, like in a younger couple, a cut and... Is it Pam? It could be Pam, yeah. They go down to the watering hole where fuck. you think, yeah, man, we're going to fuck. They don't fuck, though, which is quite cool. Oh, because... yeah, is there, there's no tits in this movie. No, there's no tits in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Or fucking. No fucking. Well which done, is, Toby Hooper. Which is strange, because it's usually when you fuck, you know you're going to die. Yeah. These guys don't fuck. Nope. But they're going to die because they're trespassing and they're evil and they're being mean to the family. So this is when shit then starts getting weird. And the film's brilliant, it, it, like, giving you a kind of foreboding sense of just terror. You, you just know there's something not right. It's hot, it's sticky, and you know, uh, I think it's Jerry. It's Jerry or Kurt. One of them walk into the room. Jerry has a fucking lovely paisley pattern shirt, by the way, <laughs> that I've tried to find because I would rock the shit out of that. <laughs> right out. Uh, and there's like spiders in the corner and it zooms in and you're like, whoa, right, it's starting to get creepy. So this house that they're just wondering about is setting up for what's going to come. Is this sorry? Is this when they they go to Leatherface's house? They're not Leatherface's right, house. Right. So they, yet. this is the old abandoned house that they're in. So this is yeah. now when cut and. All oh, right. So they went to the swimming hole, and this is back to the other two in the house. So then they come across the house. So cut finds a tooth on the patio, which to me it would be a red alert of let's not go out like just fucking break into this house. There's, yeah. a, there's a tooth outside. Maybe let's fuck off. Uh, kind of bams her up and she goes to sit in the big giant swing in the garden. And then this is when this fucking movie kicks in. This is when it goes. And they make the, the house, like the living room, it, it's like the text Jensen Massacre based on a true story. And that's like obviously what goes to the big uh-huh. end. But it's based on Ed Gein, who was not a chainsaw massacrist at all. No. And he probably wasn't. He probably kind of scary, but he, I think he killed, he killed like one or two he people. He killed two. But he stole, he was a grave digger and he tried to make. Tried to make a skin suit and he had a belt made of mm-hmm. nipples, which is the best thing, and a lampshade made of skin. He was essentially like an, an early IKEA. Yeah, yeah. I mean, made, you know, to be uh, resourceful. Yeah. You don't know what IKEA furniture's made out yeah. of. It can't be made out of the, pro- the stuff it says because it's far too cheap. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So, when you've got that front living room and it's there's bones and and there's chicken bones and there's all sorts of it's stuff. There's, oh, there's, there's a people bones turned into a sofa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's all and that's obviously where the based on Ed Gein comes from. It's also why 
Silence of the Lambs is based on a true story because yeah. Buffalo Bill is based on Ed Gein as well for the skin suit um, yep. person. Which, by the way, I again can't remember what I was watching, but fully wanted to finish writing our serial killer song. Uh, oh, whether really? or not we get a band back together or not, but I, I just want to finish because I think it's, it's brilliant. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, and is this when we get the reveal but of... This is when, it's actually just before you see that room, when Kurt walks in, trips over the little ramp, and Leatherface appears at the bone door and fucking malkies him with a sledgehammer, and he goes down. Oh, he goes fucking, he drops like he's hot. And he just takes him down into like the cellar and slams the door shut, doesn't he? Yep. Fucking and that is a is a reveal for before this you don't know what Leatherface is you don't know what's happening he just appears boom right in the head down and then he fucks off there's yep. no lingering shots yep. of his face there's nothing to like right now you're introduced to this character yeah you're still reeling going what the yep. fuck and that's happened? that is probably I mean that would be I wish I had seen this version in the cinema knowing nothing and knowing no movies that came after it at the time when it came out and went to see this uh-huh. in the cinema because I like I've got Leatherface's first appearance is brutal and that solid door he just takes no prisoners but I've got well he, he does take a prisoner but you know what I mean uh-huh. exactly what you said he just comes out grabs him in and shuts the door and that's there's it. no there's... tiptoeing creeping behind him running about the house to scare him or catch him or whatever it's just fucking which I proof. think that's harder hitting because there's no a build up his suspense and, and it shows you that there's absolutely no talking to him you couldn't have played for your yeah. life at him because he's not interested he's just you're just he's meat because you've just broke into his house if any broke into the house Leatherface would have been fine just downstairs which I think is the way it should be if somebody comes into your house yeah because see when the world ends or like society kind of almost crumbles and people are going to come mm-hmm. in and try and steal my prepping equipment I might be able to like hit them with a hammer or a baseball bat but I'll still get in trouble if there's like remnants of the police left I think I'm just going to go full rape mode. <laughs> just, just fuck everything. Yeah, you're just totally going to be Eddie McBride at the end of uh, This Is The End. Yep. <laughs> I'll, well, I'm not going to be a Channing Tatum, but I'll be. <laughs> uh, And then this is what I think is one of the best shot scenes in horror, where the camera's under the swing, and you see Pam kind of walking out of the house, and like the, the camera kind of zooms along beside her, with a cracking ass shot. And then the house gets bigger and bigger and bigger and fills the full screen and you're like, oh, this house is fucking evil. And then she goes in, trips over a bucket and who comes out? <laughs> fucking Leatherface again. <laughs> Chases her out of the house in the fucking iconic scene of him just picking her up and takes her away. And again, you see Leatherface for all of like fucking 10 seconds yeah. and it's just so hard hitting. And then it goes straight in, it goes straight in that scene where he takes her down the basement and then just there's like there's no fucking about whatsoever just right up on a meat hook just yep. you can wait there until I'm finished getting this other guy turns around and chainsaws a boyfriend up to fuck which is fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> and what you should do if somebody breaks into your house <laughs> but this movie's known for the gore and the brutality the cha- the hook scene there's fucking no blood you don't see yeah. the hook yeah, yeah 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 you it's literally just, see nothing there's not a lot of gore that's right eh? this movie it's all implied it could be a PG well, well, that's passionate, but, but, but it could be a PG. Today's standards... There's no could, tits. Yep. There's no other full frontal nudity. There is, like, I've seen more blood after a hard wank than <laughs> in this movie. There's literally, like, fucking half a litre of blood in this film. You don't see any major gore yeah. at any point. It's just all implied. What, is it still an 18? It could be it's a 15 easy. It could be a PG. I think you're pushing it the other I'm not pushing it because it would teach the kids. The themes, though, the themes stop it from being a PG. No, it would teach kids don't go into houses don't that go, aren't right. yours. Don't fucking 
take things that aren't yours. There might be cannibals, so fucking just behave. Mm-hmm. But that scene, the, the, the meat hook scene, oh, outstanding. And then eventually we put it on the fridge, and that's the scene that scared me when I watched it the yeah. first time. You get, you get back, so obviously they've been um, captured, and you go back to the, the other three. Franklin's moaning about something. He's like, you really didn't want me to come, did you? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I wanted a two-couples <laughs> fuck trip. You are fifth wheeling here on your fucking wheels, you money bitch. <laughs> he really might be the most annoying character ever on film. And he's... I don't even know if he's meant to be. It's just the way he's T-acts it or what. In the Gunnar Hansen book, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they say that he was... He gets so into his character because he wasn't used to acting that he was just a whiny prick the whole time and the cast actually hated him and Gunnar Hansen said he couldn't wait to kill him like he generally he started feeling at points that he was he was really going to kill him <laughs> and like he would get he would drop things and ask folk to pick it up because he couldn't get it they're like your fucking legs work got up which would drive you mental yeah. even if it is a, oh you're all excited that this is a, a movie and it's your first movie eventually you'd be like right, get him to fuck or I'm going yeah. so he plays it quite well yeah. And it adds to the movie because then every time they're like, fuck off, Franklin, they genuinely want him to fuck off. Right, because he's, he's, he is so annoying. He feels like the world owes him something just because he's in a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> is, that, is that too harsh? No, it's, it's absolutely acceptable. <laughs> Come on, Franklin! It's going to be a fun trip! Uh, I think mate, I think getting chains, getting chased with a chainsaw might be the scariest thing ever. No, I ain't getting caught with a chainsaw. Well, obviously, obviously but I mean, that the fear beforehand. Right. Like, I went into one of these walkthrough haunted houses in Portugal with my brother years ago when I was about, maybe I'd have been about 12, so he'd have been about 8. And we're walking through the, the house, and it's. And I'm sure it was maybe set up like kind of different horror films. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it ended with a chainsaw, so I'm sure that it was Texas Chainsaw. And we thought it was fucking terrifying. And then at the end, obviously, it was skipped to the end of the, the chase with the chainsaw, and it just come running out and jumped the whole stairs came out my mum and dad were waiting for us outside and I was like oh, oh that was hilarious and that was funny that night I just had the mopeds driving up and down the side of the street and I shat myself every single time <laughs> my moped came up because it sounded like a fucking chainsaw it'd be fucking terrifying it's quite a hard thing to chase something with because they're quite heavy yeah, but just, you, I just yeah, mean if you were the car I, so I, I mean if, in an open road maybe mm. but in a, like getting chased with like a wee maze because if you're going to kill people with a chainsaw you've got to build a wee maze in your house yeah of course for all those trespassing kids that yeah. haven't seen the PG Texas Chainsaw Massacre and warn them off. I think that's uh, also the bit where after Leatherface has done this, or has he killed somebody else? Well, he kills he kills fucking everybody so quick because he kills Franklin as well. He just like chops him, just like sticks I, the chainsaw right it, in. This is way before that where he's killed and he's, Leatherface is like looking out the window and he's kind of sitting on the couch. He's freaking out and it's the first time we get a close-up where he like licks his tiny little baby teeth, oh, oh, which is, is so creepy. weird and creepy, isn't it? But Leatherface isn't just panicking because he's thinking, where the fuck are all these kids coming from? Like, why are they coming out of my space? He he doesn't want to kill them. Yeah, because he's, he's not. He's generally he's generally like these people are invading my yeah, space. Because he's not a, a like a Jason or Freddy. He's not like a supernatural no. force that's that's going after people to kill them but I wonder if there's like a, 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 a work like a written piece of work out there that's like understanding Leatherface like the guy with the, the low IQ possible learning difficulties learning disabilities like feeling that these people are coming to invade his privacy yeah. like you're saying and it's kill a sim- him he's an he, absolute simple yeah and he can't because he's he's not immortal he could be killed by any of these trespassing maniacs that's coming into his house and he's like where's the next one coming so that's what he's looking going where are they coming from yeah and then he decides Right, fuck, I better go out and catch them. I better go out and stop them 
invading MySpace yeah. and kill him. And then it's, 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 it's family. and it's mean and he's harmless and he shouldn't he shouldn't be forced into this position where he's got to chainsaw people. And his family are just looking out for him. Fuck, he's yeah. killed again, right? right you know what I'll, do? I'll cook this food up, feed it to the townsfolk and nobody will know. We've got to defend him. Yeah. It's, it's really cruel what the kids He's do. not actually an evil person. He's just caught up in a bad circumstance. And he's... He's handy with arts and crafts, as we see from his Very various masks. He's, he says he's a good and guy. A, and a competent butcher. <laughs> a very competent butcher. Yeah. So I actually, I'm pro, I'm pro Leatherface. Yeah, you're, you're getting it What's now? his name? Do we know his name? Uh, I don't think you ever We don't even know his name. We don't find his name. See, do you know, this, this, his name. This, is, this is... In Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, they keep calling him Bubba. Bubba. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and 3 and The Next Generation... Are all kind of lose their way and make him, a, make, make him an evil character. So, but in the original first movie, he is the victim in all yeah. this. They're, they're all the victims apart from the fucking kids. <laughs> the rest of my notes are kind of all over the place. I don't really know what I'm trying to say. Would you. Just the same as I, the last 49 episodes. It's all kicking off and Jerry dies. So Sally's the only one kind of left alive. Franklin gets chopped in half with yeah. a chainsaw. Although, again, that's the only bit of blood. And apparently it was Toby Hooper just spitting blood through a straw. Really? So that's how little blood there is, but yeah. Franklin gets completely cut in two, although you never see it. Yeah. Uh, and rightfully so, because he's an annoying She's bastard. annoying pain in the arse, And Sally kind of escapes, and then that's the first big chase scene, which it would be terrifying. This big fucking... Now, is this, is this the first chase scene? Yeah. Then she get kidnapped again? This is where she runs and goes to the petrol station where she runs into the chef Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. who's minding his own business yeah, yeah. because he warned him away from the house and she comes in and he's like fuck, now I'm going to have to do something because she's disobeyed my orders and look, Leatherface is after you now. And so, we can't have him, we can't get him getting caught with the police. So, he then ties yeah. her up and they take her back now, to the house. The police aren't involved in this one at all, are nah, they? It's that's nah. the remake that the, they make the one yeah. of the people in the, like the police in it, so that's that kind of gives it a different effect. They make the whole family evil. The remake they kind of make the the chef character also the sheriff. Yeah, they make him the sheriff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I that, prefer actually the the original way. I prefer it this way, like to, yeah. discussing it in this way that Leatherface is just. Got low, like you know, a poor guy who's who's who, who couldn't help himself when they came into his space, and his family looking out to help him and don't want to get caught with the police who are still effective and and decent police in Texas. It's not like this one wee town that gets that's left to their own devices. It's getting away with murder uh-huh. when they shouldn't. It's like a family who's covering up. It's kind of it's like a black comedy in a way. Like see Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Like if you're looking at it from the other point of view. Than the stupid teens. Yeah. This is generally a, for want of a better word, a, a simpleton somebody with learning difficulties who somebody's come out of the house, they've lashed out, they've killed, and right, let's fucking and then get you rid just need of to this. Do it. Yeah, let's get rid of this and let's clear it all up because they don't know any better. They live in the fucking back arse of Texas. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cruel story. It is <laughs> a cruel story for the family, you're right. Because if you look, look at Leatherface, at the very st- he's, he's killing masks so when he kills he's wearing a certain mask that's obviously somebody's face which is just his autism coming through with arts and crafts putting on a different persona to allow it, him to yep. come out uh, every time he wears a because mask because he's, he's, he's also different. non-verbal 
Um, he's and he's he's kind of he brings out his emotions through aggression and, and through his physical and form because he is a big guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in the kitchen when they're making the dinner when they bring Sally in. He's got a kind of an old woman's mask on, which is a different persona. Cellar, which is it's like the mum of the house. Yeah. He, he, he's doing the dinner. Or he's putting setting the table. Yeah. Basically, and then at the dinner with Sally sitting at the end and they bring Grandpa down. He's got a face that's all done up with makeup, and he's got like a nice suit jacket on. Yeah. This is his, this is his dinner pretty girl yeah. face. Leatherface is also kind of non-gender because he's getting so ahead of his time. He's got the women's face, and he, he's been the woman of the house, and then he's sitting and you don't really know. Yeah. He, he's no. Uh, Sally's getting tortured at the table, and she's like, "I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything you want." If that was on the other, she'd be like, "Well, Sally, get your tits out." Yeah. Suck my dick, yeah. you know. Leatherface and I don't care. <laughs> no. Like she's not got anything against them. She's not got vaginal power against them. He, they're just like I don't give a fuck. You're just you, you've come out of the house. You're meat to us, and not sexy meat. Not sexy meat. Tasty meat. I had a steak last night. It was well sexy meat. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice. I think I think if there's not a book out there called like Understanding Le- Leatherface, I think we should try and write it. Patent pending, understand the leather face coming out on uh, Penguin <laughs> Publishing, Scotland vs. Evil 2019. <laughs> Where we're going to sit and talk about how this rabid f- fucking butcher is, is, is actually, actually a victim. Yeah, uh, a lost soul. I really, I honestly think that uh, we've got something. Or you definitely <laughs> have brought up this good point. I think it's a really good point. Oh, yeah. There's a part of Gunnar Hansen's book where he's talking about like the filming of it, uh, it was torturous. We've all seen the documentaries and stuff like the the filming quality. It was terrible and like a lot of them really fucking hated it. But on the property, they're only meant to be the house. Well, the owner of the property thought they're only there for three days and they're going to be there for three weeks. And the owner was like, "Oh shit! Oh, I better tell you, there's like about two acres worth of weed plants out the back." And obviously, in the seventies, that was like you would get jail time. So. He said, help yourself to whatever, but don't take any off the property. And there's apparently like conflicting stories of the police coming and them freaking out. But there's one scene where I think it's when Leatherface is dragging uh, Sally back into the house where they had all got stoned just before it and they were all stoned out of their box. And if you actually then watch the movie back, you do see he kind of like lumbering back in slowly because when they try to do it at speed he'd cracked his head off a door and like, <laughs> nearly knocked himself out and they're all stoned in that scene. <laughs> How fucking good would that be filming that? Actually, that's why I wish that I grew up somewhere where you could make movies. Like, I know you can make them here, I know you technically can, but I just wish that... Not in the sound bass. They kind of frown upon that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there was a guy in Shots Bass tried to make a make a video we put it underneath the, the changing rooms and he got uh, he got arrested, <laughs> which is rightly for myself. I've always thought about, see if you like just painted your dick grey, had a hard on and just in the backstroke. Do you think people would think it's a shark? <laughs> just like a really thin fin? Or do you think they would see it just as a grey penis? I think they would just see a grey penis because they would see your your arms fucking Aye, but not if you're just like kind of treading water. Like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so I think we can try. I try it. <laughs> so yeah, text chainsaw mask. I know we kind of jumped through it, but. Did you rate it? Did I rate it? I think this is one movie that I can. Well, there's probably a handful of movies I could give it a bona fide ten, and have no complaints. I think it's a, no matter whether the script was like getting fucking rewritten as they were going, 
what they've actually put together is a little piece of magic and it's brilliant. I, I had written down either eight or nine, but after a discussion and coming up with some, like hearing your different points and stuff, I'm going to give it a strong nine. Nine penis cigars out of ten. Penis cigars. I always wondered what that was. It was weird. I was like, that looks like a little toy. It's least. definitely like a penis, it. man, because it's, it's definitely cannibal meat. It's it, def- it could that's be. exactly what's implied when she's watched the sequel. And as, if you then watch it back, watch it with that point of view that Leatherface and stuff are the victims. It's, it's actually then quite a funny movie. And that's how it's mental that it was banned because there's no blood. There's no tits. Yeah. It's it's a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a... It's so well done. It's it's great. And then it spawned the sequel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which was daft. Fucking very but daft. fun. Yeah. Uh, I've actually I've got a top five. Uh, it then went to Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yep. Which the second one acknowledged the actions in the first one the third one acknowledged the happenings of the first one but not the second next generation acknowledged the first one but not second two and three and then the remake was like a remake of the original and then the remake and then the other one the beginning was meant to be a prequel to the remake yep right. and then there was Leatherface 3D which was then meant to be a remake of the remake of the original <laughs> and then there's the new Leatherface which, which is, is the, the prequel. prequel to the original it's fucking shambolic. The trailers for Leatherface, I watched too many. I've I've went on a thing now where I've I've actually because uh, Rudy said it a couple uh, to me a couple of times just listening to the show when I'm a friend's from America. He um said that he doesn't watch trailers. He tries to avoid them because mm-hmm. they give too much away. And I kind of seen that um like going into the it movie which we'll talk about later. The trailers do give too much away, so I've tried to avoid trailers. So I've avoided Mother. Uh-huh. which I want to see soon but I've avoided the, I've seen enough trailers of Leatherface to see that it looks crap it looks as if there's it's just like there's three or four different characters who are just killing willy nilly around about the town like stabbing folk in the neck in diners and stuff and it's like that's too much there's no way you could get to where they were in the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that we've just discussed if this was happening when Leatherface was a teenager yeah. you know what I mean it's just too too violent and too ridiculous it just doesn't fit what, the way we've just discussed this movie yeah to me, anyway. The the trailer I've seen, I think I still think it looks like a fun. I mean, I watch it. It still looks like a fun yeah. slasher film. Yeah. But yeah, it's not. It, what they've got with the original text Chainsaw Massacre is something beautiful, and they should play off on that the yeah. dark comedy, where they don't need to go fucking eight heads cut off. Unless they don't need to do that, yeah. so that's where I, like you, I disagree with this upcoming prequel, but yeah. it may still be good. Aye. But I have a top five of the sequels in case anyone's interested in watching. Right. Scott and Liam's top five. Number five would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, which was the one that came after the remake. Can I interject quickly? That one kind of affected me when I seen it because it's two brothers. One of them's got dark hair, one of them's got blonde hair. And it reminded me of me and Stephen. And, and that's like and you are from Allenton which, which is, is very which is like yeah that's uh, Allenton's uh, Scotland's uh, Texas uh, backwoods um, just hellbilly hellbilly yeah hellbilly country each other. and it's and you know and it's that whole way of because I'm sure the dark the older brother the dark headed brother watches his brother get killed and it reminded me also of that scene in Casino where Joe Pesci watches his brother get his fucking cunt kicked in mm-hmm. to death and I was like that would be that would be horrible it would be fully horrible so it did, it, it did affect you then a wee bit so it works yeah. so number five Texas Chainsaw Massacre the beginning 
it's just gore. It's a gore fest, much like the, pre- the new prequel is going to be. Number four will be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. All right, all right, all right. I still need to see this. I still need to see it's that got one. Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger before they became Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. It's fucking ridiculous, and Matthew McConaughey is a has got a robotic leg <laughs> that nobody really explains. It's but he plays this. He turns his character up to fucking eleven. Yeah. He like there's certain bits in this you're watching, and you're like, he is genuinely hurting people. He's off his fucking head. So it's fun. Number three would be the remake. It's actually one of the first horror remakes that I probably watched and cinema? enjoyed. Oh. Yeah, I went to cinema. Well, I snuck into the cinema. Yeah, I, I remember seeing the cinema. I think I'd actually... I can't remember what came out at the same time. I bought a ticket for something else yeah. and get in. Have we... And it, it did... It, it spooked me. Have we done this, that movie, for an episode? No. Well, I feel as if I remember talking about the scene where... Um, his name escapes me, but uh, she cuts his face off. Uh, we have fashionista. We talked about that. He was, he was in fashionista. I can't remember his name. He looks like Skeet Ulrich. Yep, but it's you'd not. be. I, I mistake him. Yep. Uh, so the remake's good. It's well shot. It has the guy from Full Metal Jacket. He plays like the the sheriff, and he is a bad bastard. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's good, and Jessica Biel ran about with a see through white t shirt on. White vest uh, theory. Fucking good. Number two would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. Ridiculous fun and Dennis Hopper runs about with three chainsaws. Yeah. They don't need to say anything else. And then obviously number one would be the original and best, the victim story, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. That's my top five. I uh, didn't really pay attention to what you were asking me to do for top five, so I've done my top five chainsaw moments. Right, uh, <laughs> number five, murder party, when the chainsaw <laughs> on the extension cord doesn't reach in through the window. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, if that's your number five, I'm really excited to yeah. see number one. Number four is Texas Chainsaw Massacre two when Dennis Hopper's picking his chainsaw and he's testing it <laughs> like a nutcase and he's like, "Cause you, if you owned a chainsaw shop and some guy's picking up your chainsaws and he's bouncing them off bits of wood, you would not, you'd be like, whoa, 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 fucking you're breaking my chainsaws." Did you also notice in that scene though that it's obviously not Dennis Hopper? It's a stunt double. Is it? He's a completely different <laughs> man, just battering this tree with a chainsaw. Uh, and at number three is uh, one guy from Shots Gallery who got steaming <laughs> and burst in the back door of a house party with a chainsaw and they were trying to scramble it and the lassie tripped over and he cut her Achilles tendons. And that actually <laughs> it happened. It actually happened, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shorts, man. Uh, and at number two is American Cycle when he drops the chainsaw down off the yep. stairway. That's a, good, that's a fucking strong top five. Yeah. And <laughs> in at number one is Evil Dead when he creates the hand chainsaw. Yeah. That whole kind of uh, put together scene yeah well done I enjoyed yeah. that <laughs> I wish you'd fucking listen to me for that <laughs> one but yeah that was good I can't believe that short story is true no it's probably real I, it's, I was, like a jealous a jealous boyfriend or whatever after the gala because in shots or in kind of central Scotland we some, some towns still have them it's gala days and gala days pretty much happen in the summer and they pretty much happen on a Saturday and that means that everybody who goes drinks from like 8am yeah. Until they fall down, and it's always a pol- like you know a policeman's worst nightmare yeah. if they're if they're working a gallery. And in, in shots, there was if I was still in high school. I remember reading it in the paper or hearing about it from friends. Sorry, who like friends who knew friends who knew the person who was like. So the boy comes bursting in either the front door or the back door with a fucking chainsaw, <laughs> and everybody's just in the, this house. Everybody's been drinking all day. It's like five o'clock <laughs> at night. Everybody's wrecked. They all just try to pile out. One lassie falls and the guy's swinging it about like Leatherface at the end of the movie swinging a chainsaw about cuts her Achilles tendon. 
What, what, <laughs> what was, was he trying to achieve? I have no idea. Maybe he was je- I think he was jealous he wasn't invited to the party, but I can see why. That's complete reverse. He's broke in with a chainsaw. He went to get the chainsaw after someone breaks in. That's crazy. So I don't know. I, so I don't know if he broke in the front door or if it was his house and he was sick. Of everybody went <laughs> to his garden and got his chainsaw and came back in wrecked. I don't know exactly the ins and outs, but I know that that the, the, the actual yeah chop chop somebody over. It's actually quite well done to control a chainsaw when you're drunk because they're quite heavy. I've never actually used one before, but sometimes they sell them in Lidl, so in the supermarket. I sometimes get to home base and pick them up because <laughs> yeah, just that I, I like to feel like I'm in power. But then I push out and don't ever buy one yeah. because I don't have anything to cut. I yeah, I, I've, I've no need to have one. Yeah, oh, although at the end of the world, if somebody's coming to try and steal my prep supplies, you get a chainsaw. They just got to argue with you. Well, just rev it up. It's not going to work because at the end of the world, fuel is going to be such a high fucking. Do you not prep fuel as well? Commodity. No, there's no point in prepping fuel because Why? it's just going to run out. It doesn't go off, it's not a sell-by date. No, but it's just going to run out. I be- people are going to murder... Aye, it's going to run out because I'm going to keep filling my chainsaw and chop people to bits. There's going to be a wee pile of people bones at my front door so they'll know me to come mess so with me. So would you rather save fuel to fuel your tiny little chainsaw or would you rather keep fuel for a car? No point because you drive to a certain point and then you run out of fuel. Aye. And you'll be away from your house. So I'm going to keep it for my chainsaw to keep but- everybody else away from my house. But the only reason they'll be coming to your house is because they want the fuel. I know, because so I'm going to chop people fuel. up and I'm going to fucking put bones on the front of my house. People aren't going to come anywhere and they're going to be like, I'm staying the fuck away from that fucking house. Fucking people in Texas Chainsaw and ask us still out of the house and there was bones and teeth lying outside. And then they then they found out what happened. Nah, I'm still going to just go full rapey. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to be, be rapey as well. I mean, if people who do come into my house... I'm not even going to have a house. I'm generally just going to... Strut the streets. Travel, travel the land... Raping, raping and pillaging. Mm-hmm. If I get fuel, I'll sell it. Mm. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> uh, so, one more thing to talk about. I think since it's such a big fucking deal right now, and it's my the, penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, both went to see it on opening weekend. Not uh, together. Not together. Because we do actually have lives outside. Yeah, because you think you think that we are like best friends because we do this podcast. We don't even speak other than than this weekend. Just fucking evident from your top like five. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We don't even speak uh, about this. We went. Uh, yeah, we went, we went separately. We both went and opened a weekend, so we contributed to the fact that it is the number one movie in the world, and uh, which saddens me. <laughs> think about it it's been nearly a week now and I still I don't know as a, a kids movie like The Goonies it's brilliant as a horror movie it is it just falls flat it's it, no way is that a horror movie the kids acting the, the, the atmosphere the scenes all great but seen most of it in the trailer and it's a coming age kids film. Yeah, and I think there was there was so much given away in the trailers that, I mean, I don't really know what was left from the movie that wasn't in the trailers. There was not one part. I didn't feel there was any ramp up of tension. I didn't feel like I was hiding behind my fingers, like because sometimes mm-hmm. in like more so like demon movies or haunted house movies at the start before it gets mm-hmm. shit, I'll you'll hide behind your hands because it's scary. Because that's the point. That's that's how I want 
Yeah. If you feel in a horror movie, that's my point. I'm not one of these people who, who likes to laugh at horror movies. I want to be I want to be scared. Um it never ever scared me. Not not even once. Uh, tell a lie, there was one this is fully spoiled guys, because it's been out a week and you sh- this movie you definitely should have seen by now. Um <laughs> so, you know, fuck you if you haven't seen it. The part where Ben who is a non-character in this movie, but when he gets his scare in the library and the headless boy kind of comes down the stairs and chases yeah. after him and then it quickly jumps to Pennywise then quickly jumps to nothing because the adult finds yeah. it and it stops the, the scare. That was the only part that kind of almost felt like it could be scary. But, yeah, it's totally... It's a it's an adventure movie. It's a, it's a stand-by-me yeah, with exactly a, an evil entity. Yeah. And... and that's the thing, because Stephen King has said, like, now one thing, he said that Sam and Me was, like, a trial run for It. Now, Sam and Me, the movie, came out in 1986. It, the book, came out in 1986. So he must have wrote the short story, The Body, like, before, before that. So when you're reading, when you're actually reading It, because I have just finished the book, I don't know if, I don't know if I've told you, but <laughs> you, I've you've just, not told anyone. I've just, I've just read the book. <laughs> There's actually so many scenes that you can say that that's the same as. Like the way that um, Henry Bowers keeps coming after them, you can see very similar scenes uh, in where um, Ace Merrill keeps coming after the uh-huh. boys for Stand By Me. Like even in the scene in the movie where at the end where he gets the flick knife out of them uh-huh. and then he walks away up the hill, I'll get you, I will get you, uh-huh. I'll kill you for this. Henry Bowers does the same thing in the 90s miniseries, walks away up the after the rock fight, walks up the hill, I'll, I will, I'll kill you all. It's always it's, weird as me out that Stephen King bullies are mad bastards. Like they will stab. Yeah. And they will... They'll, they'll seriously fucking hurt you they'll, they'll shoot you well, that, that is the thing as well with Henry Burns because he has he's it can 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 influence the people so he's, he tries to scare or the, the, the entity tries to scare the kids to then to the point where he's allowed to eat them or something I'm not sure entirely sure if there's like a he needs to scare them so much um, before he can kill them but he can also possess because he possesses all the adults in town to not see what's going on and that's part of the book, but not really. Impl- it's only implied in the movie, and he also possesses Henry Bowers to physically be a physical force to come and kill them. But that's part two. But that depends whether or not they actually killed him in this movie, because they they again they implied they did. Yeah. But it, the the force can also make people float. So, do you not think Monsters Inc. done it better? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with the whole fear, like yeah. you've got to build up the fear, and that's how they fuel things. I'd say Monsters I, yeah. Inc. was better. Yeah. I mean, it was it was definitely a good coming of age movie. Um, it was a pleasant movie, but the hype, the hype. Oh, and, and that's it. the thing because the hype was the hype had it through the roof as a terrifying, absolute scarefest horror horror movie, and it really really wasn't. It was rightfully a fifteen. I've seen a lot of arguments online whether because it's called an R rated film, and we like, well, it's a fifteen, so how's it different yeah. in the US? And then we realised that the US call anything above a PG thirteen and R rated, but we we've got fifteens and eighteens. Um, it's not scary in the slightest. Pennywise is brilliant, acted brilliantly. It's heavy on the CGI, and it's there's even some scenes that would that easily could have provoked. I see the end where Bev Beverly turns around and he's like doing like a like a circus stall, uh-huh. to, and he starts dancing. Like I'm surprised I, that I didn't hear anybody near me laughing, but I wouldn't have been surprised if people did laugh because it, it just it everything just took you right out of out of it. The only thing that really scared me was how aroused I got when the kids were in their pants. Yeah, I didn't think we seen <laughs> enough of them in the pants. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. Um, and you know, I'm going to try and say this name properly. Andy Musietti, the director, has um, said that part two will be darker, 
Now, I think he, he really runs a tough job because horror movies tend to be college kid age, mm-hmm. early 20s, mid-20s characters. That tends to be your focus group to get everybody involved. Yeah. Adults who are older want to remember being in their 20s. Kids who are like 15, 16 want yeah. to be yeah. a bit older. That's your key demographic to, to look at. Stephen King's book brings the Losers Club back when they're 40 and that's a hard push yeah. to, to, to have a whole movie about unless the actors are brilliant. Have you seen the clip about um, who all the losers, the current actors, want to play their adult selves? No. So this, clip, this clip's been shortened already. They've cut Ben out already in a different one, because he's yeah. such a non-character. <laughs> but anyway, Ben wanted um, Chris Pratt to play him. Right. Uh, Richie wanted Bill Hader. Uh-huh. Uh... Eddie wants Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Stan wants Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. Beverly wants Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. And Mike wants some black guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, but Convenient. He, yeah. He's, uh, and it's like, I can't. I really can't remember the name and I feel bad that I can't, but he's, he's like an actor. And see, when I was looking at it, I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, Bev, Bev and Mike maybe could be right uh-huh. because... I don't know who the lassie is. I don't know who Jessica Chastain is. She was in Zero Dark Thirty and uh, something else. She's basically the most attractive ginger in Hollywood. Right. Okay. Um. <laughs> so so, I could see her because I didn't. She's not. Uh-huh. I didn't really know who she was. I could see the black guy because I can recognize his face, but I don't. I couldn't really place him. There is no way in hell that you are getting Chris Pratt, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Bill H- May. Why? Not even Bill Hader, all in the one movie. But why not? If because it's not, just made... Because nobody is a star. You try to tell me all four of those big... Even Bill Hader's not as big as the other three, but you try to tell me all three... And we know if anybody read the book or seen the 1990 miniseries, you know how fucking much Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be in that. Two yeah. minutes. Well, you never know. What One of them. Only one of them. And I also think that they are too big that will take away from what they want it to be, it'll focus on that one character. So they need to they will they will they will hire almost unknowns. So the two the other yeah. two might be right. They'll hire almost unknowns. But I think the biggest downfall for the movie is the fact that you've got seven characters that they focus in on. It's too much. Yeah. And that's that's the difficulty. Downfall. Because look at Stand By Me, which is a which is constantly told as Stephen King's best film. Mm-hmm. It is my favourite film. It's my favourite film. It is a fantastic movie. Everything about it's perfect and it, is, and it is a short novella. It's like 100 pages, yeah. 200 pages max. Stephen King does love, like, fucking... He describes it. fucking stuff for yeah, ages, man. Like, I don't even know what a fucking red firebrand Chevy T actually looks like, but I, I can tell you all about the interior, the fucking wheels, that like, I can tell you everything about every, it. Every time I go to think, oh, I, right, okay, I've got my book, I'm going to write my book, I think... How would Stephen King write it? Or Stephen King would have knowledge of how, like, the factory of this fucking, you know, how that Chevy was first made and who fucking started it. I'd be like, oh well, I'm going to give up because I don't know. Well, actually, it's now the right time to say that because Scott has finished a book, that's yeah. his first book in like 32 years, we're going to start a Scott Lean vs. Evil book club where once every eight months, Scott will read one, a book. Once, once every 27 years, I'll, I'll, I'll come back with a new, with a new book. And, you know, and then we can all exchange notes on it. So yeah, that's been the Text Chainsaw Massacre and It, which is quite current. This cider is actually really nice. It's yeah. called Rosie's Pig Handbrake. And it's sparkling cloudy cider with Damson, which I don't actually know what Damson is. Damson, it's poison. But it sounds like a tiny little micro 
is that a micro brewery or like a all tiny independent yeah yeah I've, that's that's my next uh, my next venture i'm going to start my own micro brewery oh, i've really? got uh, yeah i've got my home brew working in the bit in the back room just now sandy uh our friend if he's familiar with our live stream for the last halloween uh he uh he got me a, a home brew kit a wee while ago Right. And um, I was afraid to use it because it, the instructions say things like, you need to be have it fully sterilised. And I was like, shit, I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> so I put it away, forgot about it, long cleaned out the cupboard and I found it again. So it is currently running right now and it's about, thank you, it takes a week to ferment and then you need four weeks for it to mature. So in a couple of weeks we can tank into the homebrew nice. and uh, maybe do an episode. And it also, uh, Sandy as well, if you're listening... Uh, I left it actually that long that all the stuff went out of date, so it probably will poison us. Well, I say it went out of date, it's a best before, so it's fine. When was it best before? October 2015. <laughs> 2015? Yeah. Are you fucking joking? No. There's no way you can drink this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it's out. fine. I'm no, out. I'm only it was in 2015. It, was, it, was, it, was, uh, it went out of date in June. <laughs> fucking Scott and Evil. Yeah, no, honestly, it'll be, it'll, it'll be fine. And we can all try it and it'll be lovely. And then after that one, after that one's done, I'm, I'm going to make like proper moonshine. We should maybe do a live stream with uh, your beer. Yeah. Just to see, like, a fucking proper projectile vomit. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it'll, it'll be nice, it'll be good, it'll be fine. do it in your house, though. <laughs> not fucking clean up. So that's been episode 50 of Scott and Liam vs. Evil. Hi, if you're new listeners. Thanks for still listening. If you're old listeners, we really appreciate it. It's It's been, like, over a year. It has been over a year, yeah. It's coming up. My, it's now coming up in my Facebook memories. Early episodes that we've been sharing, really? yeah, before we get the group going, yeah. yeah. And this, this is like done way better than I ever thought it could. It's been fun. We've met some decent, like really decent people. Yeah, we've met some like proper friends through this podcast, and we've got the ability to meet more. So listen to us. Join our Facebook group on Facebook. Uh, Search Scott Liam versus Evil on Facebook. Email us Scott Liam at uh, versus Evil at hotmail dot com. Check out our website, scotlandinvestorsevil.com. Um, if you're in Glasgow or the surrounding areas, you can see us. You can come and see us do a, a live head-to-head debate with another local podcast, the podcast Under the Stairs, at the Horror Festival in Classic Grand, 4th and 5th of November. We've also got a market trade installed there. We'll have a bunch of things for sale and raffles and whatever else. Um, but, yeah, it's been... It's been it's been a it's good, been good 50 episodes. It has been. This is probably the, the, the biggest commitment I've ever made to anything in yeah. my entire life. Apart from Lena, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Whew.